0: We are going to be talking about abundance this month, uh, and today in particular we're going to start talking about Marianne williamson's book The Law of Divine Compensation but i 'm going to take a detour first and I, and I hope you'll uh, don't mind the the short detour when I hear um, when I hear someone talk about the infinity of the universe uh, w- even the prayer that started for instance, talking about the divine as having all of the good the the infinite array of everything. I can't help but say, well, why doesn't it always seem that way then? (laughs) I was reading the newspaper. uh, We went out to dinner last night, and it was one of those cases where they were so backed up that, like, you got to read the newspaper while you're waiting for dinner. And that's okay every now and then. But I'm reading through it, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, they're going to do a tax because we don 't even have enough money to pay for the streets in front of our houses now, and, and i 'm reading a little further and they 're talking about Ebola coming to Texas now and and what that means and and you know the further I read, the more I kept thinking, well, wait a minute, is this an, a universe of, of love and and of abundance of, of joy and peace, or is this a universe of well i don 't know what <laughs> something you know significantly messed up instead? And and I wonder sometimes if that is what keeps us from really embracing abundance in the world because literally we look around us and we see a lot of evidence to the contrary. So I wanted to do something a little different. Before we actually talk about the law of divine compensation, which I'm sure we are going to benefit from, um, I wanted to take a look at the world first. And so if, if you'll pardon me for a moment, I want to actually look about how we're doing. And so the first, of course, the article, well, any newspaper these days talks about this Ebola virus. How are we doing? Is the planet healthy? Are we as human beings healthy? And so I thought, well, it's the CDC that's working on this Ebola thing. Let's take a look. They have a uh, a 10-year achievement thing. And I gotta tell you, the world is a lot healthier than what I thought it was. Uh, I'm gonna pick just a few of the things that I'm familiar enough with to actually even talk about. But one of them, we are saving 2.5 million deaths per year just in the last five years due to increased immunization against measles. Now you probably thought no one died of measles anymore or that it was such a rare thing that we didn't even be concerned about it. I mean, this kills more children than everything else on the planet put together. And we have made such strides in the last five years that infant mortality is plunging. I mean, our children throughout the the world are doing extremely well. 2.5 million kids saved per year in the last five years. That one stunned me. But there's more, as they say. Now here's a disease that I actually had to kind of read about. I mean, how many people in America get malaria? Not very many. Did you know, though, uh, malaria kills more people than HIV and AIDS? I was stunned. I did not know this. And again, because of more appropriate uh, mosquito control and other things, they have cut the incidence of malaria just in the last five years by a third. A third as few people are dying as were a little bit ago. What about tuberculosis? Again, something, right? How many of your friends worry about tuberculosis? And yet, and yet out in the world 41 million cases of tuberculosis were killed were cured just in the last 5 years these are life threatening diseases that we we hardly even recognize anymore and yet and yet we're making potent strides out in the world and it goes on and on about other tropical diseases about hiv uh, the, the good news is, and this is something that, you know, we would never know unless we looked at, literally looked it up, is that the world has never been healthier for humanity than it is right now. People throughout the world are living longer and healthier than they were even five years ago. There is an abundance of health for us. Okay, but that's just one, you know, okay, so the world's healthier, Larry. Where else is abundance in the world? You know, I was also thinking of abundance as our own ability to feel safe and, and secure and, and well in our own homes. And so I did a little research on that. They've just finished the study from last year. And I think it was funny, too, because can you just see the, the color of this? So it's from the FBI, and they have the word crime in bright red, right? So I'm braced, right? I'm ready for the bad news. Oh my gosh, we're so safe. This, now, I was stunned. It's like, I'm gonna stop locking my door. Don't write that down, okay? <laughs> But but I could. Now this particular, now what they've done is they've done a lot of work around standardization so that they really can measure from state to state and actually measure the same thing. And so because of that, they only went back to 1993. But the amount of crime is half of what it was in every category now from 1983. And many of the states where they have recorded and standardized it back even further We're at an all-time low, especially for um, crimes against people and violence, at an all-time low, sometimes for back as far as 60 and 70 years. Now you might be saying, Larry, are you sure this is true? Are you sure the FBI hasn't managed to cook these numbers in, in some way? Well, I don't know for sure about the FBI, but, I, but, this, but, but you know, this got me to thinking enough that I did some other research, and this was in the newspaper just two days ago. This is uh, from October 4th. Violent crime in California falls to lowest rate since 1967. Now remember, California, right? Last year, they released half of their prison population. Remember the big mess last year because the governor, their prison system was big in trouble and the solution was to release half of the prisoners currently incarcerated? They were expecting violent crimes would go through the roof. Didn't happen. It's safe. Okay, some other things that perhaps can help us with this. What about the unemployment rate, right? One of the things I notice every Sunday when I come home from work, and sometimes I give him an apple, and sometimes I've forgotten, but there's the guy on the freeway on, uh, 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 on Rosa Parks. Have you, have you noticed the guy at the freeway entrance there on Rosa Parks? So often I give him an apple, but it's kind of a constant reminder that people need work, that we're not doing so well in terms of employment and stuff. This was in yesterday's newspaper. The U.S. economy added uh, 248,000 jobs in September, just ahead of midterm elections. I wonder if that's coincidental. (laughs) But this, I think, is really interesting. The jobless rate is now at a six-year low under 6%. And the analyst was talking about it, and he said, you know, once it gets much below um, 6%, it almost is zero because of the people who are not actively looking for work. They're unemployed, but they're not, I mean, if a job was offered to them, they would say, well, well no, you know, I, I'm between jobs on purpose or, or, or on unemployment or something like that. So, so essentially, what they're saying is anyone in America who needs and wants a job, there is some kind of job available. Now, it may not be the ideal one, right, but still, There is an abundance of work out there. And one more, one more, because I think this is the real one, right? It's how we feel about things, isn't it? Isn't it how our um, standard of living feels? Are are we living well? This one, I had to, this wasn't, this isn't current. I had to go back to June 6th, but that's pretty current. In the United States, the standard of living index climbs to a six-year high. So right now, in the United States, it's as though that, what did they call it, a recession or a, uh, or a, a, a re, re, okay, yeah, I don't, a depression, yeah, I felt kind of, there was that month that I was depressed for sure. We, we are living in a world that is amazingly abundant and even for us and even right now. So why doesn't it feel that way? I mean, some of us have aspects in our life where we do feel abundant, where we do feel rich, where we feel loved and our heart is open and things are going well. But I would suggest that probably just as many people in this room have other areas in their lives where, gosh, we feel poor, we feel lacking, we feel that there's something missing. Either our our health isn't what it needs to be, our money situation isn't what it needs to be, our plans for the future seem constrained. Well. Marianne Williams says it's because of the law of divine compensation. But you know what? I'm still not going to start there. One more sidetrack. And it was interesting. uh, uh, Well... It's interesting, our choice of music today for both services, I think, because this is so funny. So I'm doing a parable of Jesus from the Bible. And, uh, and we don't do parables very often, but this so, so explains the story even better than Marianne Williamson. So this is Jesus. He's out probably in the desert with his congregation of 100 or so people. And here's what he said. Again, it will be like a man going on a long journey. He called his servants and entrusted his entire wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to a third one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his trip. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put the money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more, but the man who had received one bag was afraid. He went off, dug a hole in the ground, and just hid the master's money for safety." "'The man with two bags of gold came also. "'Master,' he said, "'you entrusted me with two bags of gold, "'and see, here, I have gained two more.' "'His master replied, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful with some things. "'I will put you in charge of many things. "'Come and share in your master's happiness.' "'Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. "'Master,' he said, "'I was afraid. "'I went out and hid your gold in the ground.' So here, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant! I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money at least on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I could have at least received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance in all things. Whoever does not have, even what they do have, will be taken away from them. And while you're at it, throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Jesus was having a bad day, I think. (laughs) Have you heard him twice? I mean, those were strong words from the, the Prince of Peace, right? And I want to ask you, how does that settle with you? So the poor are going to get poorer and the rich are going to get richer. I mean, the U.S. statistics might back that up, right? The middle, right? The middle class is kind of dying out, and the people who that that income gap between the you know the wage earners and 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 the I don't know supposedly idle rich or whatever we want to call them, right? It gets bigger and bigger. Well, there you go. Jesus predicted it, so we're good with that, right? What he's describing, though, is the law of compensation because it starts in our minds first. And so Jesus would say the trouble with this is that if we don't change our way of being on the inside, we indeed should expect more of the same. Now what that means is, if you're rich, you have a, a rich constitution, there are thoughts of, of luxury and enoughness, you, you have an open heart and you're willing to receive the, the, the interest, the joy, the peace, the love of the universe, there's almost an intention on your part right? That you'll get the promotion, that the better job that will be yours, that the the loving family will be yours to experience, that, that whatever it is that would really bring your life to fruition, when you're rich, that's your intention, that's your understanding, and you easily accept it because that's your experience of the world. You can expect more. And likewise, if your experience of life on the inside has been toil and misery, disease and not enough, right? If, if your experience of life, if you're feeling and your, your consciousness is around, there's never enough. And, and oh my gosh, how are we going to pay the bills? And, and you know what? I, I'll never have the decent job that I so deserve. I'm always going to be poor. This family will never get a leg up in the world. If this is your consciousness... Unfortunately, the law of compensation will say more of that. And it isn't that the universe uh, doesn't want to be fair. (laughs) It isn't, right? It isn't that we wouldn't want someone who really needs the money to have it. It's that they don't have the consciousness to hold on to it. And it isn't that we begrudge the rich people, and of course, uh, people that have a lot of money are the biggest givers on the planet, and you would think over time that that would even itself out, right? And yet it can't, because the consciousness doesn't change. Just giving someone money to help them out, well, the money gets spent, it temporarily helps them out, and the consciousness of poverty, the consciousness of not having enough, the belief in lack, the 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 certainty that the money will dry up and I'll be back where I am comes to fruition. Here's how Marianne Williamson talks about it, and I think it's very powerful. She says, as an expression of divine perfection, the universe is self-organizing and self-correcting in its complete abundance. To whatever extent your mind is aligned with love and excess, you will receive divine compensation for any lack in your material existence. This is not just a theory. This is a spiritual fact. It is a law by which the universe operates. I call it the law of divine compensation. The practical issue here is whether we choose thoughts that activate or deactivate that law. We activate it with every loving thought, with every positive thought. And we deactivate it when we give more credence to the reality and the appearance of material lack than the reality and power of love. I think it's time for a joke. We're getting a little heavy in here. So we're talking about compensation, and you'll be glad to know I found a joke about compensation. All right. Given my talents and experience, said the potential new employee, I really think I should be uh, compensated (laughs) fully. Appropriate compensation would include the proposed salary, but also at least three weeks paid vacation, full benefits, a matched 401k savings plan, and stock options. Well... The HR director looked a little skeptical, and so the new hire suggested, you know, you probably should be aware I'm negotiating with three other companies right now. Well, after the deal was complete, the HR director quietly asked about those three other companies. Oh, yes, said the new employee. That would be the gas company, the electric company, and uh, the telephone company. LAUGHTER So how can we use this theory, this idea, this spiritual law, the divine law of compensation more affirmatively, more intentionally in our own lives? Well, it goes back to Marianne Williams again. To her way of thinking, everything that we think, everything that we do, everything that we stand for is either activating it or it's deactivating it. And so one of the places to start is right in our own thinking. It's our own behaviors. It's our decisions that we make. And I don't mean to say that we should spend more than we have in our checking accounts. Do you know what I mean? This isn't about a a false sense of literal wealth when it isn't there, but it is in our consciousness. So for instance, when you're paying your bills, what thoughts are going through your head? Is it gratitude for the, the services and the, the products that you bought that week? Do you, do you think as you're paying your visa bill, oh my gosh, that was such a, a wonderful and fun time that we had at the spaghetti factory? When you pay your electric bill, are you thinking, how trusting they were to give me electricity for a whole month, and it was great running the air condition, right, yeah. See, here's the trouble. <laughs> Here's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, you're thinking, what fantasy world do you live in, Larry? (laughs) And I would suggest maybe it's the fantasy world that you want to live in. Because if instead, as you're paying your bills, you go, oh my God, I guess we better pay the mortgage first or the rent first because there's clearly not going to be enough for the rest of the month. Is that thought going through your head? That would be deactivating the law of divine compensation. When maybe you go for a a health checkup and you discover that, oh my gosh, it was nice that there was only a $50 copay, but then there were the lab (laughs) fees and the other things and like, that was unexpected. How am I gonna pay for this? We'll never be able to get out from underneath these bills, right? what kind of self-talk is going through your minds when you think about money? Because I will suggest to you, if you're not feeling that full abundance of the universe that we talked about, the global uh, rise in great health, the, the standard of living that has never been higher in the last 10 years, the ability to get great jobs right now, right? If you're not feeling those things, I think it's because of what's going on on the inside. And my suggestion would be, well, in fact, you can see it coming, right? (laughs) It's your homework for this week. Um, I have a little three ring, uh, a tiny little three ring notepad that I'm using. uh, But whether it's on a notepad or whether it's on your smartphone in the notepad or whatever it is, I'm writing down when I have thoughts about money, when I have thoughts about my abundance level, I'm writing down what's going on in my head. And I'm taking a a good, if you will, inventory of whether it's positive or whether it's negative. And my plan is to do this for a week and we'll put our notes together a little bit next week and talk about, well, how do we do? Are we mostly activating the law of divine compensation? And that's when we're having positive thoughts about how the, the world is here for us, how the, the bills can always be paid. Um, w- when we're activating it, we're thinking about love in our life and having that open-hearted position where it's easy to receive, whether it's love, whether it's, it's money, right? That would be activating it. On the reverse side, you know, if, if we have those self-doubts about, uh, you know, I don't know that I'm really smart enough for this job or, or I always seem to struggle in any job that I have. Any of those kinds of thoughts deactivating it. Now, do I actually believe that we can change this around and that by the end of the month we're all going to be wealthy and prosperous? I actually do think it's possible, I do. And what I would suggest is, even tipping the scale the slightest bit will do something else that Marianne Williams says to watch for. And that's the building of your faith. That's the building of your consciousness. Because we can't probably do this from, from black to white. Do you know what I mean? That instant change, that 180 degree. I mean, I mean, it, think of it like we're on a big cruise liner, right? It's like the iceberg's right there, but you know what? I've never seen a cruise boat just whoop. (laughs) They probably wish they could. They probably wish they could. But if you've ever been on the bridge of one of those boats, it's more like 20 minutes before the turn. They're they're like, get ready. And I think that's a little bit of what we're gonna experience this month. But when we set our intentions on turning, When we set our intentions on having a more positive outlook about our money, about our abundance, about our love life, about our jobs, about our families, when that is our intention, we're in essence going into the turn. We're going to turn that around. And it may take a little bit of time, and that's okay, because we're going to build confidence. Marianne Williamson says that so often we have life backwards. She says that so often we say to ourselves, I'll believe it when I see it. And so we say to ourselves, well, yeah, this retirement thing's coming up. I sure hope it turns out okay, but I'll believe it when I see it. Or we say to ourselves, this uh, this dating thing, you know, I, I'm, I'm online again, and I'm meeting some fine people, and uh, but I gotta tell you, you know, everybody says dating is just horrible, so, I guess I'm just going to believe it when I see it. Marianne Williamson says, you can expect the worst, <laughs> if, if that's your attitude. Well, actually, she doesn't say the worst, because we're back to Jesus again. She says, if you don't do anything different, expect the same. Expect the same. That's the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer again, right? If you don't change anything about your thinking about whether it's an online dating service or whether it's a new job or or whatever it is, if you don't actively change your thinking, just expect more of the same. Instead, we have to believe it in order to see it. We need to reverse that order. We need to build our faith on the world, being supportive and good and beautiful and loving. And once we have made that shift in our head, oh my gosh, the universe rushes in. That's how we activate permanently the law of divine compensation. So you have your homework for this week. I'm going to read a final quote out of this uh, lovely book of Marianne Williamson's, and then we'll do a closing prayer. She says, In any instant... Regardless of what has happened in the past regardless of fear and lack the universe has arranged and is continuing to arrange infinite possibilities for you to prosper Now if you cannot see this now if despair and anxiety hang like a veil before your eyes preventing you from mustering faith then in this moment feel free to lean on mine one man one mind joined with another regardless of their position in time or space can remove whatever chains would bind us it can deliver us into that sweet sweet realm where things come full circle and we have that chance to begin again let us pray there is one power one presence one life one goodness What I know about this is that it is the infinity of the entire cosmos. The abundance of the universe is built into every star, every planet, every life, every you name it it 's part of God, and it is infinite and so I know that means me. I know that I easily tap in to the infinity of life I tap into that world health that has never been so good as it is right now i I tap into that uh, that abundant living that is at an eight, eight year high I, I tap into the stock stock market that that recently reached new heights i I tap into the the love in my life that has never been sweeter than it is right now. I tap into all of this universal abundance. I claim it for myself. <sighs> and I just breathe into it. I open my heart to claim the good that is mine. And as it is true for me, I know it is true for each person in this room. Each person here has those same unlimited possibilities that the potential is Infinite. And as we open our hearts, as we change our minds to receive more, as we begin to really open up our minds to see the goodness of life itself, the goodness of life, it responds. And so for this, I am grateful. I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I claim that goodness for myself and the people in this room. I just let it be. And together we say, And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you're here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us. donate Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center, or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.